and welcome, folks, to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am one of your hosts this week, Chris Peterson, founder, editor-in-chief, lord and master of Osage Blog. Uh, joining me, with always, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people out there? You ready to talk about some internet? Lot, lot of, lots of goings-ons in the past couple of weeks. Lots we got, of goings-ons. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about, Chris. We got to dig right in. Let's dig, dig right in. in. Let's do it. Well, folks, if this is the first time you listen to this podcast, what Ben and I like to do is basically take some interesting stories, some interesting things that we've seen in the world of entertainment, whether it be film, music, TV, books, cooking, whatever you do to get through the day to entertain yourself. We want to talk about on this podcast, but the kicker is I have no idea what Ben has in store for me. And he's got no idea what I've got written down my little pad of paper here either. So uh, what you're hearing is basically a spontaneous genuine conversation about all things entertainment so ben my man kick us off what do you got all right well first of all it's been a couple weeks chris and i wanted to kind of get into a couple new releases that came out it's Mm. been a while uh since there's been new release movies uh i don't know about you chris but one that i was anticipating a lot was coming to america 2 yeah a couple weeks ago i kind of like how we um we're doing this a couple weeks, you know, after, just so we have a time to like a little digestion. Uh, a little Chris, marination. yeah. All right, what what do you want? You want my take on it? You want uh, you want to give it to uh, me? All right how how much were you anticipating this movie? Um, I would say seven out of ten. Se- me too, me too. And you know, my hopes were really high. And uh, let me let me tell you, I got I got two reviews for you. Same movie, two reviews. <laughs> the first. 45 minutes of this movie, hilarious. Solid, hilarious. I like how we went back in time, the de-aging thing. I'm like, this is so sweet. It's, you know, you know, Chris, on the pod, we've talked about this de-aging technology. This is going to open up the world to, like, sequels and screenplays and everything. Yep. yep. And I'm going to say the first 40, 45, pretty solid. Probably one of the most solid ventures by Eddie Murphy in, like, a long time. And I was like, hey, the kid is back. Can't wait. And then the second half of this movie, just, <laughs> wow. I don't know. It's like when you start a road trip and like, you know, you're just talking about road tripping and just like you're going good. And then the last half of your drive, the driver falls asleep and crashes into the mountain on the oh, side of the road. <laughs> it was brutal. I think it just, I, I don't even know what to say. It just fell apart. It fell yeah. apart at the seams and, I don't know what it was, Chris. I, I just think that some writers, like, they just don't know how to finish. They don't know. The third act to them eludes them. Mm-hmm. And they have a great setup, especially it happens a lot with comedy. And it reminded me a lot of uh, when when you talk about the movie like Step Brothers, right? Yep. The reason yep. why Step Brothers is still funny and still holds up, and you could jump into any part and rewatch, is there isn't – a moment in the script where you're like, oh, you know what? I've been a fool all my life. I love her and I want to marry her. You know, it happens in the wedding crashers, it happens in all these like comedies, like where we need to wrap up this whole story in a bow. Like your 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 main character's been like an a-hole the whole time, but you now he's found the air in his ways. In the in Step Brothers, like the opposite happens in the Catalina wine mixer, and their dad says he wanted to be a T Rex, and it doesn't make any sense. And that's even like funnier than the rest of the movie, and it's right. hard to like be. And this movie tried to just like have his cake and eat it too. It tried to set up, it tried to take care of all of the characters. Like, okay, this character is kind of like 
a douche. This character's kind of clueless. This kind of, but at the end, they're all going to find the error in their ways and they're all going to fall in love. And that was just so forced and so weird. And it was hard to watch. And uh, to be honest, after the first 45, my attention span went, I, I don't know. I started thinking about life and looking out the window at the stars. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know where I went. I don't even know. I don't even know what happened that night. I, I don't know. So Chris, yeah. there's my review. <laughs> you know, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. it just, I, and I don't under, what I don't understand, first of all, I, I think anytime you do a sequel to a comedy, especially an iconic one, you're, you're rolling the biggest of dice. Um, right. it never, it almost never works. And I really have to think hard of when, when it did work. I mean, Anchorman two is vastly inferior to Anchorman Vast. one. Right. Zoolander 2, I oh. I watched five minutes of that movie and I turned it off. Oh, I didn't even try it. Don't even I don't even acknowledge its existence. It's so bad. Yeah. Um so they just they don't typically work because you're trying to you know make people laugh in a way that uh you're using similar gags but kind of extending the jokes. I mean, really the only movie that really succeeded in doing it is like airplane, because you do <laughs> a completely different oh. setup. With, you know what? With, the movie I was thinking of was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. There you go. There's another because one. Because just like you were saying, it takes same characters but does a totally different concept and doesn't try to repeat itself. And the third one wasn't bad either. Uh, I, I actually I actually enjoyed so what's, it. So. so what's the difference? So what's the difference between the third Bill and Ted's and Coming to America 2? How can we like that one? Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to run home and say it's the greatest movie, but I hung with it the whole time and I was giggling the whole time. Like, what? What's the difference, Chris? Why did I like that? And not I think one? it's I think it a lot has, a lot of it has to do with expectation level. Mm. Um, I think I think when you have someone like Eddie Murphy, it, you know, kind of going through this somewhat of a renaissance, I guess, or a re- resurgence, your you your expect your expectations are sky high. Uh, this is you know, and in and, and this is also a piece that we've never gotten really a sequel to. We you know, with Bill and Ted, we already got Bogus Journey, so right. You know, um, we knew they could do it. We knew exactly. they could do it. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just it's disappointing. And you know what? It felt like I kind of felt the same way with this as I did with like the M Night Shyamalan brief resurgence, where like he did Dolomite is my name, which was unbelievable, un right. freaking un- believable, unbelievable. And I and like I'm like Eddie Murphy's back. Give this guy the keys to whatever he wants to do. Like. Let him be Eddie Murphy. And I felt the same way with M Night after I saw Split. I was like, all right, this is the M Night. I've always this is the M Night that we know and love. Right, like, we remember. Right. From remember, 20 years like, ago. Here, yeah. Let him let him take this and, and make it. And then and then what happens is, you know, M Night makes glass. And then you're like, Ooh. oh, this is right. This is why M Night sucks as a filmmaker, and then you, and then you watch. Remember, you remember Avatar, <laughs> and you remember. Oh god, it's just awful. And then you start thinking, like with with coming to America too, or coming to America. Um, I just started remembering like all the Eddie Murphy stuff I don't like, and I'm like, yeah. where he he starts out good, but then he starts playing it safe, and you're like, you know, I just it, yeah, I I don't I don't get it, and it's disappointing. Um. Hopefully his next project, whatever it is, you know, really brings him back into this 
you know, Eddie Murphy fold, so to speak, but maybe, maybe this is proof that his time has passed. I don't know. You know, like a lot of people say he's the goat in terms of comedians and, you know, like a lot of comedians swear, like if you talk to Eddie Murphy, or you, if you have dinner with dinner with Eddie Murphy, you will walk away saying that is the funniest man you know, on the planet, but we're not seeing it in yeah. film. And we don't get invited serious. to those parties. <laughs> we don't get invited to those parties yet. Um, so, <laughs> oh, nice. you know, I just, I, I want, I want the best for the guy. Maybe, maybe his pat, maybe like, you know, like, like maybe Dolomite was that one uh, performance enhanced drug season that we got. <laughs> right. And the, the reality is maybe the, the game just passed him by. I don't know. So we'll see. I don't know, man. It was such a disappointment. Like, it started so far. I'm laughing. Chris, am I right with the first 45 minutes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The setup, the premise, I'm like, okay. I can see this being funny. I can see hijinks ensuing. Like, all you need is a good setup. And then, like, funny characters coming together. I was like, okay. And I was like, okay. Like, the people that came from, like, New York City. And I'm like, all right. And then it just really fast fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. So- um. What's her What's her face from uh, Saturday Night Live? Wesley Jones. Wes- Wesley Jones. I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Wesley Snipes kind of doing this weird. Uh, that was all right. Weird thing. I was like, all yeah, right, like all right. Okay. Like I just, I don't like, know. Like if- Wesley, I don't know. Wesley Leslie Jones. I don't know. I, Not a fan. I want to be a fan. I want to be a fan. Mm-hmm. I want to be a fan and just she's she's broke my heart so many times I've seen it live and I know that not everyone's a great live performer but she's broken my heart literally and I see a punchline coming in a sketch live on television and she'll she'll flub the line so hard yeah and it's just I'm like there's no there's no doubt why she was let go from saying it live so quick it was just like it was great in theory but you need a live performer. You need someone up there that's ready to just go. And uh, I don't know. Ah, I hate saying that. She seems very funny. Like when she's on, like I don't know, Seth Meyers talking about Game of Thrones and shit. Like she seems like a really funny person. I bet you stand up, it's great. But I, I don't know. It doesn't translate sometimes to screen. It can be very harsh. And there's no chance of a, of her playing a character ever. You know what right. I mean? Like it's always gonna be Leslie Jones playing whoever you want to play. And I, I don't know. Right. Arsenio. Listen, I've always loved Arsenio. I think Arsenio should be given more if he wants it. The guy's probably just retired and a millionaire somewhere. I mean, he was on Stern. He was hilarious. I listened to that interview. Hilarious. I've always liked Arsenio Hall. I, I've always wondered why he didn't get to do more things because he still looks great. He's still funny. I think he was probably one of the funniest people in the movie. He probably had the most, as far as him delivering the lines on time with a great, you know, punch to him. I don't know if he was given the right material, but I mean, who in your mind, like came out okay from that movie, Chris, or did everyone get hurt? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. I think everybody got hurt. I think, uh, I think this was the stink you couldn't get away from. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> there you go. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Mm. Way to kick it off. Uh, ben, um, <clears throat> for my first, first story this week, uh, it is uh, one of the best day of the years in in my household, uh, if you will, my personal household. That is, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it was Oscar nomination day yesterday, or, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been a weird year for movies. Um, you could almost say that like 
I think any awards that were handed out in this year, it, kind of a handicap, if you will, like we yeah, obviously didn't get yeah, a, little, <laughs> a little bit of an asterisk. <laughs> like we didn't get the full slate of what we were supposed to, what was supposed to be released. And therefore I think certain contenders <clears throat> uh, will, will be, you know, next year or whatnot. But um, I would say we still got some movies that I think would have been nominated irregardless, uh, yeah. whether, you know, pandemic or not. Um, but uh, interesting nominees. And I just wanted to get your reaction on uh, a couple categories to check to see if you thought anything got snubbed or forgotten, uh, undeserved. Like, what the hell is this person doing being nominated? But I just want to – I'll go through the, the big the big six, if you will, which is best yep. picture, best director, and then the acting categories. So uh, for best uh, – I'll just start here. For best uh, director. Here yeah. are your finalists, your nominees. Right. Here we go. So, yep. Go Thomas Thomas Vinterberg for another round. David Fincher for Mank. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, and Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'll be like, honest. I mean, I don't know. Wait, wait, go, go, go. <laughs> I'll be honest. I uh, another round. I have no idea what that movie is. I'm like, all right, yeah, fine, yeah, nothing. Um, like I, I mean, Chloe Zhao is gonna win because she's been winning everything. So that, like, that's yeah. not. There's no uh, debate there. But yeah, I mean, best director. Uh, yeah, no, no, nothing really. I don't know really about Minari. I don't know about Minari with best director. Right. Uh, like when I think, so when I look at this category, I think. I was I liked Mank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just directing that needs to be nominated for directing. I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's the best picture, but I I think just the way that movie looks and feels and moves that is a director's a director's director movie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of that goes on in that movie. It's a lot of talking heads <laughs> in a in a condo somewhere, and. <laughs> Uh, but it's the most prettiest shot <laughs> condo ever in black and white and deep focus, like Citizen Kane. So I, I don't know, Chris. What what are, what are your thoughts on the? Uh, yeah, I, I nothing really. I, I looked at that category and I was like, other than that movie, another round. Like, yeah. I'm fine with everything. Like, yeah, yeah. cool, boring. You know, moving on. No like controversy. I, like, you know what? I you know what's hard for me on these takes is I don't know what I'd put in there. I. I think right. I said on the podcast, why don't we just take a break? We'll just take a little a time out. You know, <laughs> we'll just wait for next year. And all the movies that were released this year will be included in next year's too. Right. Right. Like, why give it like, I don't know. Why give this year a pass or an asterisk when movies, none of these movies are like show stopping change. Your, in, can you picture yourself in five years talking about any of these movies? No, no, no. Um, no. All right, well, here's Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Paul Racy for The Sound of Metal. Great movie, by the way. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a controversial pick, and I'll get into reasons why later on. Yeah. Leslie Odom Jr., my boy, Leslie Odom yeah. Jr., One Night in Miami. And Daniel mm-hmm. Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah. Now, here's the th- interesting thing. So... <clears throat> Apparently, and I want your take on this, Ben. Yep. Keith Stanfield was being campaigned as a best leading actor category. So this way, he wouldn't split the vote with Daniel Kaluuya. But right. apparently, due to Oscar rules, Oscar voters can completely ignore that 
and just vote for who they want as best supporting actors. So they instead chose him for best supporting actor rather than best actor. That's so weird. And he is definitely the main character of that movie. Right? He totally is. He starts the movie, ends the movie, and he's on screen like almost every scene. There's like maybe three scenes in the whole movie. And that's a long-ass movie. It's like two-hour, 20-minute movie. He's in, He's on the screen the whole time. Right. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, <clears throat> you can make the argument that by doing it this way, he gets a nomination. Because when you look at the best actor, I, I can't really put him in anywhere. No, well, well, well. I have a major problem with this character. I think with this character, with this character that played Lakeith Stanfield, should have been nominated and won for "Sorry to Bother You." What a fucking crazy movie that was! That was an awesome movie. What a ground that movie! If that was nominated for a couple Oscars, we'd be talking about that movie. How avant garde and weirdo and off the wall that was. I love that movie, and he was great in that one. He's great in Atlanta. I love the actor. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like he didn't have enough to work with in. Judas and the uh, Black Messiah. I felt like, uh, and I talked about this on the pod a couple weeks ago, like how we never had that, you know, we had maybe one scene where I wasn't scared at all that the the Black Panthers were going to find out that he was working for the feds. Like, not, there wasn't like one scene where I was nervous about him dying. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, and then I didn't even know how to feel about him at the end. Like, I know the, the title of the movie is called Judas and the Black Messiah, so he's a Judas, but I, I I don't know. I never got a sense that he felt bad about what he was doing. Right. It's a good point. And, and then like, and then at the end it's like, Oh, then he killed himself. It's like, oh, all right, well, <laughs> like I never got the feels at any point. I was just right. It's like, Oh, that sucks. Uh, I mean, okay. da- Daniel Kaluuya, I mean, out of control. Like he was so good in that movie. Giant yeah. monologues, giant speeches, just awesome. But still, it's, I wish that movie we have all these biopics everywhere coming out, flooding the market. And I wish that movie was a biopic. I want to know more about him. Right. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. What, what do you think about Lakeith in there? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm with you. I, I, I nothing to disagree with it. He's a, he's a fine actor. He's one of the, I think yeah. he's got quite the career ahead of him. This is just not, this is not the, the best character. I wonder what that character looked like originally when written. Um, mm-hmm. And what, if they just botched it up in editing, but um, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, I was just like, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I didn't care a lot about that movie. Uh, and then just, well, how do you feel about Sasha Baron Cohen <clears throat> in like Trials of Chicago 7? I mean, how do you feel about that? I don't, I, he was going to get nominated this year, but I, not for, I didn't expect him to be nominated for that. I honestly thought he was going to get an Oscar nomination for Borat this year. Of course. Uh, I yeah. thought it was going to happen. And I'm kind of pissed that it didn't happen. And, uh, I'll talk more about that when we get to the best acting category, but um, yeah, they, I, I think they, they screwed up a couple things, excuse me, uh, this year, but, um, that, that one's pissing me off a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I've seen a lot of these movies actually, I, I sound of metal is on my to-do list. So I heard it's really oh, good. It's so good. Yeah. I hear it's, it's really so good. good. So that's, that's one of the ones I haven't seen on this, but I've seen a lot of these movies, which is crazy. I mean, it's not that crazy because all of them got released to home. <laughs> it's not right. like I, I couldn't see these, but all right, move on to the next one. What's gonna, best supporting actress. Here we go. Uh, Amanda Seyfried for Mank. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Yung Yu Zhang for Minari, uh, Maria Bakalova for the Borat sequel, <laughs> and Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. <clears throat> now, the Hillbilly Elegy was not that good. <laughs> no, it was a terrible, terrible movie. And yeah. <laughs> Glenn Close was borderline comedic in that movie. And you know, the funny thing is, Ben, 
She also got nominated for a Razzie for the same role. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Which I think I have to look this up. I think I read that that's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> Where you get nominated for best actor or actress and best actor actress for Razzies. That's freaking amazing. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Holy so, snap. I love me some Glenn Close. Don't get yes. me wrong. And I do think she got um, robbed a couple of years ago when she got nominated. Um, but this is not the movie that <laughs> she, should be, no. she should be nominated for. This ain't this ain't the one. I am so thrilled, though, that Maria Bakalovova got nominated yeah. for Borat. That one she's, makes up for it. I mean, she's awesome. She's great. And then um, Amanda Seyfried and... Yeah, and, uh, she was Mankin, great too. She was great. That was a great part. That was like a great role. Like of any of the roles in the movie, I mean, we all—it's kind of messed up. I mean, Gary Oldman is just so good. <laughs> like any other actor playing that part, you'd be like, "Man, that guy is the new actor's actor." But right. this is Gary Oldman. Like he just—I mean—he makes it look e- easy sitting right. in a bed, barking at people, drinking, and getting hammered and stuff like that's a hard part to play where a movie's just sitting there on you for two hours straight. But Gary Oldman is like such finesse. He just pulls it off with such ease. And you're like, yep. Oh, he wasn't wearing white guy dreads. I guess it wasn't that hard of a movie for him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm okay with so, that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Except for the Glenn Close thing. I mean, except for the Glenn it, Close thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I mean, I name an actress from the show trailer park boys and put her in. I don't know. Just, <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Um, all right. So let's go into uh, best supporting actor. Oh, no, I did supporting actor. Uh, let's go into best actor. Best actor. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Uh, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. My boy, Stephen Young for Minari. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Gary Oldman for Mank. So, in my opinion. Yes. Chuck Anthony Hopkins for the father. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Put put Sasha Baron Cohen in for for Borat. That's yep. And then and then I think that category is perfect. I think it's pretty perfect. I mean, that's a great category. Stephen Young is great. I mean, it's freaking Glenn. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, oh, <laughs> for eternally. I don't care if he like is in the next Citizen Kane. Uh, of our generation, he's still going to be Glenn forever. So, uh, <laughs> but he's phenomenal in that movie. Uh, Gary Oldman, phenomenal. Like I said, just, you know, but what do you think about the, the posthumous Chadwick Boseman nomination? See, <clears throat> makeup. I, well, here's how, here's, this is what I thought when, when this, when he signed on, like on paper, I was like, he's going to get a word recognition no matter what. And this is before he died. I was like, this is exactly the piece he should be in. He's starring next to, you know, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm my, I'm blanking. Hold on. Um, Viola Davis. Right here. Hold on. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So he's, he's, he's like literally up against Viola, Viola Davis, Davis right. in this movie with George C. Wolf directing, like mm-hmm. he's a shoe in for award season. And then when he died, I specifically put like a Facebook status. Like the next day I said, he will win the Oscar for mom. Rainey's he's because, it's a good enough performance that he deserved a nomination. And the, the Academy does this all the time where, and actually most award shows do this as you, as we've seen where it's like, if you are within like a runner's chance of winning this award, 
if one if a person tragically dies, uh, tragically, unexpectedly, that will usually put them over the edge. We saw that with Heath Ledger yes. uh, with The Dark Knight. We saw that with Peter Sellers back in the day as well. Uh, the Academy does this all the time. Uh, or Peter Peter Finch, I think, for Network. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Yeah, 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 right. So, um, but I think it's deserved. I mean, I, it's it's an extraordinary performance. He was going to get nominated, Alive or Dead. Um, well-deserved. And uh, he's, he's won every acting, you know, every acting award up until now. So I have no reason to think he won't win an Oscar. I, it's just such a bummer that he passed away because yes. you get a sense and, and, and you do this when someone passed away, you look at their body of work and you're like, you know, uh, he was in so much in such a little time that we got to see this guy play a range and whatever movie he was in, he was not. You know, I was just talking about uh, <laughs> Leslie Jones, like how, you know, you're just going to get Leslie Jones. You're, you're always going to get like someone that's like, you know, a, a character actor that just plays themselves. You know what I mean? But you, when when Chadwick Boseman always was in a movie, you got a sense that he he almost disappeared into the role. I really thought that. And he he could play Regal as uh, the Black Panther or he can play, you know, stoic um Jackie Robinson. You know what I mean? He could he could right. do that range and you just, he was a freaking movie star. He's one of the last movie stars that we had and he passed away. It was such a bummer. Such a bummer. Yeah. And, and you and know he should be awarded. He should be celebrated. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you just you watch you, you said his body work is like he, he it felt like he was just getting started. And mm-hmm. like this this would have been like the first of many like, I mean, if there was an heir to Denzel, it's Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Like, oh, yeah. How, I mean, how old was he? 30-something? 30, 30 38, 38, oh. 39, like, right around our age. That's awful. And awful, awful. So, And he was already in it. a Marvel movie. He was already in Oscar-nominated pictures, Golden Globes. Uh, man, just Legend. Just Legend. Seriously. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, best actress. Here we go. Um, right. So... Got Andra Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, uh, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Uh, great category, no arguments here. I haven't seen the United States versus Billie Holiday on Hulu, uh, but it's available I, I on have. Hulu. I have. I have you? Any yeah, good? I have. Um, worth a watch. Worth okay. a watch. Um, her performance saw control, really good. Yeah. And I, but I didn't hear. Is she singing on that movie? I don't know. You I know that? I don't know. Wait, so. hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to look that up. She's a singer, though. She is a singer, so I, I think she is. Um, it is worth it for the performance, Chris. The, okay. I mean, she is the reason the price. You know, the, worth the price of admission, kind of thing. Nice. The movie itself, it's okay. It's okay. It's watchable. Don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, oh, you got to check out. <laughs> you got to check out Coming to America. No, it's nothing like that. <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll stick with the whole movie. Okay. It's, I don't know. It's okay. I don't see anything on here that uh, she sang. But... um. Which is kind of like a strike against her in my head. Like, if you're going to do it, like, do it right. Like, 
Billie Holiday had a very distinct voice, but it's not like playing Freddie Mercury where you're going to just be like, <laughs> you know, compared to greatness kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you could right. do a, a pretty mean Billie Holiday impression. I, I don't know. We uh, we just rewatched The Doors, where Val, Ooh, where Val just sings his ass off and yeah. sounds exactly like him, and it's creepy, and he looks like him, and it's just wild, and not nominated for an Oscar at all. No, oh, that was, is... that was that. Oh, don't even start on that. Oh <laughs> gosh. I mean, the movie definitely has flaws, but uh, the you you come for Val in that movie. He's out of control. Yeah. And so yeah. same with this movie. Um, I don't know. I could see her winning that just for that. It, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, I think, I think Frances McDormand wins for Nomadland. She's been yeah. winning everything. Um, which, by the way, I think, does she, with this win, I got to ask you this. Let me, you know, love your thoughts on this. If Frances McDormand wins her third Best Actress Oscar, um, is, she, is she taking the belt from Meryl Streep? Of greatest actress, film actress of all time. Right, of right now. Like, working right now. Of living. Working right now. Working right now, yeah. At least my favorite. Yeah, at least my favorite. I agree. She's one of those people, just like I was talking about Gary Oldman, it's effortless. Mm -hmm. If anyone else was in that movie, in that role, you'd you'd be freaking out. You'd just be, like, floored. Like, what is going on? Who is this? You know, but she, I think we take it for granted how effortless Gary Oldman and her just are able to just slip into roles, learn a whole entire script of monologuing, and then just effortlessly pull it off. And you just believe that they're this character. And they're just some some performers that are on a different level. And those two are just ridiculous. So if they win, you know, either of them, you're not going to be surprised at all, right? No. Nope. And you won't be disappointed. And rightfully so, rock and roll. Just... Yeah, I, I can see her winning for that. Just because if the Billie Holiday movie was better, she should win. But she wasn't. So Right, right. All right, final category. Best picture. Here we go. Nominees. Sound of Metal. Mank. Minari. Promising Young Woman. The Father. Judas and the Black Messiah. The Trial of the Chicago 7. Nomadland. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Take out The Father. Put in Supplicant. Borat film. Oh yeah, I mean that's the movie we're going to be talking about five years from now. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, especially, I, especially four years from now, <laughs> during the I, next presidential campaign. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. I guarantee, like Amazon holds on to that movie, you know, distribution. I think it's their movie, and that thing will be streamed like crazy three summers from now. So. <laughs> just uh, we'll see. Up. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I think Nomadland takes it. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, what what some great nominees? Like sound. I think you, I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Sound of Metal when you see that. That movie. is definitely you know maybe we'll, we'll rent that tomorrow night. That is there definitely on my to do list. Um, but lots of a lot of these movies I've seen, but a lot of these movies were okay. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, what was the um the other movie about the um. What, uh, what, the grand, uh, the the oh my god, the Central Park uh, trial of the Central Park Three is that? Yeah, am I making that up? Top yeah, seven. That, yep. yeah, that movie was way better, extremely. Oh better. yeah, yeah. Oh Central Park Five, yeah. Central Park Five. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, I always get them uh, mixed up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that movie was extremely way better. Talk about the feels. That movie was out of control. 
and the kid won a, a Golden Globe for his performance, right? Yeah. I don't think he was nominated for an Oscar. I don't think I don't think that movie was nominated for an Oscar. So yeah, because I, I was a TV thing, so it was yeah. Uh, it got a lot of Emmy recognition, but yeah, no. Oh, um, was it was it in parts? It wasn't like just yeah. It was it was in parts. It was oh, like a four part oh. thing. You know so. what? This whole thing sucks because, in <laughs> my mind, the the chick from the Queen's Gambit beats all these actresses and actors like hands down. That that she was out of control this year in in the Queen's Gambit. I don't care if it's a movie or a TV show, and she was definitely my pick or performance of the year last year. And that talk about the feels and talk about being into a show. I was all in on that show, and I don't know, mm-hmm. dude. I don't know. I just I think we need to get rid of that. If if I think. Uh, limited series and movies should stand together at this point, just because we have so much content to dig through. I don't know. Yeah. Something like well, that. We got to figure right it out. You. I'm right yeah. there with you. But um, either way, Oscars on April 25th this year, which is late. Typically they're already awarded by February, but this is right. a weird, weird year. So um, be on the lookout for that and we'll, we'll go from there. And hopefully next year things will be, a little bit back to normal. Uh, and whatnot, yeah, we'll get but, less uh, shelfers, dude. I got, yeah, I got a sense we got a lot of shelfers this year. Yeah, exactly. All right, man, what else you got? All right. Well, we stepped on one of mine with the Billy Holiday, but um, let's let's talk about what do we, <laughs> I got so much, dude. Let's talk about other award shows. I'm going to wrap up two award shows. Golden Globes were on a couple weeks ago, and it was just a messy, weird broadcast, not good. Just odd. Oddness. And mm-hmm. then let's talk about more oddness. Let's talk about the Grammys. So <laughs> I went through the performances of the Grammys. I didn't watch like the actual show. I, I went through the performances. Um, I watched, uh, you know, Megan the Stallion. I love do her. The WAP. Yeah, it was uh, the WAP. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> great, great performance. Talk about. How was your uh, theater brain during that performance? Because the oh, set was, was out of control, wasn't the it? Set was out of control. The I don't think we were supposed to be looking at the set, by the way. The ta- the top <laughs> dancing was all over the place. I was digging everything. Right, exactly, and I <laughs> two theater majors on a podcast. I just thought, just class all the way. The giant stiletto into a stripper pole, and then onto another set that had a giant bed on it. It was just amazing. amazing. Just sets were out of control. Um, great performances, but. The reason why I want to bring up the Grammys, did you have a sense, Chris, that something was missing from the Grammys? People? Or well, yeah, weird. Yeah, weirdness. That was that was odd. And like there would be like a, a table full of people. And then they I like, but I kind of dug how they had the other artists watching the other artists perform. That was neat. Like Billy Ellis should be over the side and should be like that. That was cool. Um yeah. the thing that was missing for me was uh probably one of the albums of the year, uh, the weekend. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, so weird, and it was just so glaringly. The Billy Ellis song was good, and then I forget what other uh, songs I watched from the the show, and they were good. They're for uh, Harry Styles. He was good. He was good. That show that song's pretty good. The Watermelon Sugar song. It's all right. It's all right. But the weekend that album is so good. <laughs> that is just yell at spot yell at Alexa to to play like the weekend, and she'll just play tracks off that new album from this year he played the super bowl which was an amazing performance and the reason why maybe i'm feeling a little more wistful about the weekend and that type of music is daft punk announced their retirement Mm. and here you have the weekend pretty much taking the reins of electro synth pop music 
and he he's got the reins in his grasp, and he's going to go on for the next like two decades just making awesome music. I just thought it was such a weird thing going on and it's been a controversy for a couple months where you know he was just talking about how you don't do the pageantry you don't get nominated i'm done with the grammys chris is is this just like a take of mine or i don't know tell me i'm crazy go ahead (laughs) no you're not crazy um yeah it just it was weird because like of all the albums that came out this past year i i fully expected the weekends to be like right up there like multiple nominations all over the place, checked all the boxes, radio friendly, like all that stuff, and then right. nothing gets in and your head. It's pop music, isn't that what the Grammys are supposed to be about? It's they supposed want. to be like Jeff Lynn, you know, Mr. Blue Sky playing like constantly in your head. They want the pop song, just you know, right. hey, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, like that stuff, just playing in your head. And that's what the weekend is. And he, and you know what, the thing is, is the weekend's not scared to say that he wants to be like pop music with a little, little edge. I like how yeah. he does like some weird stuff with the videos. I love that stuff. And he's not a little experimentation, but it's pop music. It's great. It gets in your head. And for him to not even be nominated is just bizarreness to me. And, and it just, it calls into question. What are the point of these award show? If he's not nominated, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's, you know, it, it goes, it just begs the question. Um, who's voting on these things? What's the process? Um, is it, it can nefariousness um, intrude on the process? Um, you know, it, it just begs all those questions. And you know, with the Golden Globes, that was another thing. You, you we find out that there's only 99 people that vote yeah. on the Golden Globes, uh, and none of them are black. <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, well, it's, it's like just, uh, it's like Baba Booey being in charge of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or right? <laughs> and then then you see this thing on Twitter where this Academy Award voter, member of the Academy, writes an email to the director of a movie, which is a documentary about abortion clinics, and says, I'm not going to watch your movie because I'm a Christian and I disagree with your movie. So even though I'm an adjudicator of the most prestigious award in the industry, and it is my duty to watch these movies, I'm choosing not to based on my religious beliefs. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, and again, I don't want to make fun of other people's religious beliefs, but you don't you don't write a director, especially a male to a, you know this you know this is a guy writing to a female director, which is has a whole another set of issues to it. Yeah, um, right. But like again, no. it just begs the no, question. You know, what, like, Chris, you know what, Chris? You can't make fun of that guy. You know you know why? <laughs> why is that? because when you decide to go ahead and call yourself a movie nerd, right? Which you and me are movie nerds. You, we're nerds of many things, a plethora of things, right? You're right. a theater nerd, movies, music, whatever you got, boom, media. That's why we're on the pod. And when you decide to call yourself that, you got to watch everything. You got to watch did, everything. Did I want to watch the movie Geely? Kind of. But <laughs> I did. I did. I sat it's through that. Yeah, because my God. I felt like I owed it to myself, and now I know what the baseline is for the worst movie of all time. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like, I will sit through the worst garbage of all time, whether it to be on the pod with you or whatever it is, because as a movie nerd, we need to experience it all. Because you can't just, because when I want to form an opinion, when we want to form an opinion about the Oscars or the Golden Globes, you better have watched at least half 
of all these movies. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yep. Because then what are you talking about? If I just – listen, I could just sit in my basement and watch Evil Dead 2 over and over again and then be like, I'm a movie nerd. Check me. And then that's the only movie I know. That would be kind of ridiculous for me to say, oh – you know, the greatest movie of this year is some obscure horror movie. You'd be like, yeah, well, Ben, you're just a movie horror movie nerd. That'd be one thing. But when you say that you're a movie nerd and you're the, on the Academy voting, you got to watch everything, Chris. Dude. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I, I, I never trust the awards process. I mean, even with the Tony Awards, like I know Tony Award voters and I know the identity of some of them and they're just ridiculous human beings and I don't trust their judgment for anything. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like, you know, we, we spent quite a bit on uh, going to school for theater. I feel like we should, uh, can we just get that with our diploma? Like be a, a Tony and <laughs> Tony voter. Look, I, I, I have a degree. I've got credentials. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, anyway. But, oh, oh, wait, anyway, back to that story about the weekend. Um, the weekend said, he said, uh, I just got to read these quotes because it's really interesting. He said, it's because of these secret committees. I will no longer allow my label to submit my music to the Grammys. He's out totally. He won't even have it submitted. Good for him. And then um, in response, the Times got the following statement from Harvey Mason Jr. of the interim CEO of the Recording Academy. L- listen to this. This is like the most typical just kind of vanilla answer to anything that it doesn't really mean anything. It's like Trump speak or something like that. Um, we're all disappointed when anyone is upset, but I will say that we are constantly evolving. And this year, as in past years, we are going to take a hard look at how we improve our awards process, including the nomination review committees. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it said, whatever. It said president of the United States guy, kind <laughs> guy, Cornbread, cornbread guy, whitey cornbread good. Wait, oh wait, I messed it up. What's that? Guy, guy, whitey. Oh man, I messed it up, Chris. What that Mr. Show sketch? Let's blow up the moon. And oh, then, and then uh, it cuts to President Guy Whitey Corn Good. A uh, guy, whitey corn good. He goes, let's do this. <laughs> totally just awesome. Anyway, uh, uh, that's what it reminded me of. Is just whatever, just. What they're yeah. not gonna do anything, but such a weird snub. Such a weird snub. And I can't even calculate it. There's no and it's something we've said on this podcast for a, a bunch of years, um, at this point, is you to get nominated and win these awards, you have to really just do the schmoozing. You gotta do the the martini parties and the red carpets and all this BS. Yeah. And the music doesn't mean anything at that point. So whatever. 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 Exactly. Exactly. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, well, my next topic, um, Ben, I, I've been going on some journeys mm. over the past couple of weeks. Um, so my work has been taking me out of town uh, to do some special presentations and whatnot, but um, they were located in cities where uh, I couldn't get direct flights to, and I have not gotten the vaccine yet. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be rolling too many dice in terms of putting myself out there to get COVID. Um, So instead of driving, uh, instead of flying, I elected to drive to the cities of Cincinnati and Chicago. And I just wanted to share a couple things with our, with our listeners uh, in case they have also driven long distances or if you've driven long distances, because I know you have. Um, So number one, um, 
driving anywhere uh, for more than eight hours uh, is a is a trip. It it is taxing on the body, if it were, if you were. Um, I literally did uh, I think ten and a half hours straight from Poughkeepsie, New York, to Cincinnati, Ohio. All right. Um, yep. I would never advise anybody to do that because the second I got into my hotel room in Cincinnati, I was dizzy, um, like just just unsettled for the rest of the day. So, folks, when when you read online that like, hey, you should really only think about driving like six to eight hours at the most with frequent breaks in between, um, those are scientific studies. Trust it, trust it, please. They're, they're right. Um, but then you know you see a lot of interesting things you know on on your travels. Um, you know, not to get too political, but if anybody out there was wondering, okay, who on the who on earth would support Donald Trump and all that stuff, uh, you will see those folks when you drive through rural Pennsylvania and rural Ohio. I passed by barns, like entire barns that were painted as Trump signs. Um, I saw an abandoned school bus in a in a farm uh, that was painted as a Trump sign. Uh, things like that. So you 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 get a good sampling of america and you know what honestly it's it's educational and i think a lot of us sometimes get too caught up in our own bubbles of where we live and and all that stuff and i think it's always good now and then to venture outside our confines and and see how other folks live to understand why they do the things they do and and if you drive through rural pennsylvania and rural ohio you will find out exactly why people like that support people candidates like donald trump i'll just say that so um you get all that but uh, to entertain myself, Ben, I listen to almost every podcast on the planet um, <laughs> in every single genre. Um, nice. Get nice. everything from an Office We Watch podcast, a true crime podcast. Um, but it, it is, it, it's a fun trip. So, Ben, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, you know, obviously, what's the longest car ride you've done? And uh, in, in those situations, what do you like to do to keep yourself entertained? Well, you know what, Chris? Uh, I usually make the trip down to CT quite a bit. That's four hours, right? Three and a half, four hours. That's okay. But like yourself, I went to Cincinnati and then Louisville, which Louisville back to central New York was about 11 and a half. That was pretty long. That was a pretty long, deep dig, but I split it up with two dudes in the car, so that helped a lot. Um we like to do a lot, of, you know, I'm not a big kind of like jam band fan. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a big Grateful Dead fan, but man, they got some great long versions of songs. Like they'll do like Midnight Train to Georgia for 11 minutes straight or something. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and like that's a great band to put on because you kind of know the song or like Midnight Rider for like nine and a half minutes or something like that. And you're like, okay, I know the song. So you sing along for a while and then they'll just go into a jam for a good four or five minutes back to the song and you're like all right so it's not like you're gonna put on midnight rider for two hour two minutes and 40 seconds you're gonna put it on for like nine minutes 40 seconds it's i recommend that uh chris chris um i don't know if i recommend this podcast to you but have you checked out the 500 no um a while ago they came out with the rolling stones top 500 albums um and this guy's going through all of them piece by piece it's on spotify spotify uh what do you call it? Not original, but uh, exclusive. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. But were, are, any uh, any stand-up podcast, any stand-up music you heard on the way down or way up? Well, uh, so me being the theater guy that I am, I said to myself, you know, what's a good way to kill time? Uh, put on a cast recording of a musical and just sing the whole thing. Nice. That'll kill. That'll kill like two hours. Yeah. Uh, so 
um, you know, for any, uh, you know, I don't know, like animals or insects that were inside my car, they got a great performance of me doing Sunday in the Park with George and Assassins. And then I think I did a little bit of Rent. Um, so there you go. Uh, listen to a great podcast. Actually, I'll recommend it for any Office fans out there. Um, Jenna Fisher, who played Pam. Uh, and Angela Kinsey, who played Angela, uh, do a great podcast called Office Ladies, where it's basically a rewatch podcast. So every episode, they'll talk about the episode and tell some really cool uh, behind-the-scenes stories of the creation of those episodes, uh, things that we didn't get to see. Uh, so, but like some some deleted scenes, and and just it's a if if you're a fan of The Office, it's just awesome to hear you know these stories from people that were literally in the show on the set. And as an actor, it's even better because they talk about like what they were going through to prepare for certain scenes and, and things like that. So you really do get some really cool insight into acting for television and stuff like that. So um, definitely highly recommend on that end. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, the podcast I'm talking about is called the 500 with, sorry, I want to get it right. Cause it's really great. Josh Adam, Josh Adam Myers. And he goes through, so we're on, I mean, we're on episode, hold on, like 300 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he's going from 500. So he went from 500 to 300. And the last episode Wednesday was Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. And him and a couple okay. friends. And him, so he's a stand-up comedian. And him, a couple stand-up comedians, they do. Jim Jeffries is on there. He's a stand-up comedian. And he does. They do just their hot takes and funny. And this one was really good because it's all funny Oasis song, stories. <laughs> just <laughs> the Oasis brothers just going nuts on people and just being like, well, well, you're such a cunt. Like, just going nuts. I love it. Uh, that was great. And then they did TLC, Crazy, Sexy, Cool. Uh, Toots and the Maytales, Funky, Funky Kingston. Freaking awesome, dude. Um, they, dude, and they're just they're just hitting the surface of these. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, check that podcast out. And uh, Chris, one of my favorite things to do on uh, road trips is deep dives of music. Mm. You know, you find a great artist or like I usually use the release radar and they'll come out with something that's really cool. And you're like, oh, and then you deep dive into that person. I love that stuff so much. Like my new... My new favorite artist right now is the Delvin Lamar organ trio, which is definitely jazz, but it's almost like uh, Beastie Boys instrumentals. That's what it sounds like. That kind of funky jazz. I love it. Anyway. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Awesome, man. What else you got? All right. Finally, for my third, dude, we got to talk about it. Um, I want to talk to you about the the state of the MCU and the finale of WandaVision, buddy. Yeah. Totally. What did you think? Um, loved what do you it. Think of, what do you think of WandaVision as a whole? You know, I, I appreciate it. I okay. do. And even though, like, a lot of people were kind of critical about, like, you know, playing the, the long game, so to speak, with, with plots. You don't get, like, a, a lot of action sequences where it's like, oh, my God, like, craziness. I appreciated what it does um, creatively kind of exploring trauma in an interesting way. Um, I think <laughs> definitely I appreciate the deep cuts uh, of what they pulled out mm-hmm. of, of certain characters. I was like, oh God, I wasn't expecting that person to show up uh, and things like that. And also I like I like the direction it puts kind of the MCU where, you know, um, things are a little more unclear. There's not that definitive villain right now of like, 
this is the bad guy um, that we right. should all be prepare ourselves for. And it sets up apparently Doctor Strange 2 really well. So I'm on board. Yeah, I, I, I dug it. How about you? I, I totally agree, dude. I, I just thought it kind of add like a little pizzazz to the whole thing. And like I've said, phase four can't be us fighting on a rooftop over and over again, right? You can't have 20 movies of, Oh, he's on that rooftop. And then we jump over the rooftop and we start punching and throwing flames at each other. Every end of the movie can't be like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why we're kind of kicking things off with WandaVision and Dr. Strange and the way we are is think of the first Dr. Strange when Dr. Strange is fighting Dormammu at the end. He defeats him by outthinking him. You know what I mean? Almost in right. this weird kind of Star Trek way. Like he outlogics his logic and he he uses his powers to kind of defeat him in that way. And I, I think that's where we're going. And I think it was a great setup for Wanda because Wanda was really the bad guy of this series. She was she was really awful. You know what I mean? Like say what you will about um, Catherine Hahn, who was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. But um, Harkness is really not the big bad guy. I mean, she has her own wants. She just wanted her power. She kind of absorbs, like, witches' powers and becomes more powerful. But Wanda was pretty awful in this. (laughs) She was, like, when when the Vision would snap someone out of their trance, they would start crying immediately and say, help me. (laughs) Like, my mother is a diabetic. She needs me. It was, like, terrifying. It was awful. And the people would start crying. And I, I don't know. I love that because it gets things on shaky ground. Like, who is the bad guy? Who really is the good guy? And I think we're going to get into, in Phase 4, we're getting to superheroes. Like, Spider-Man, right? Who's your your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wouldn't hurt a fly, and he tries to do his best. Sometimes he messes up. Can't save everyone, but that'll happen. But then you'll get, like, Wanda, who will just accidentally kill 21 people in a high-rise in, like, I don't know, Nigeria or something like that. So you you never know. Like some powers are just greater than others. And uh, with great with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> there you go. Good set up there. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking for it. But I mean, my God, like we're getting we're going straight from WandaVision into the Falcon and Winter Soldier in three days from from when we're recording this. So yes, I can't I, wait. I just love life right now. After going I through know. a year of like no Marvel whatsoever um having it back is just is awesome and i'm i'm loving everything so um, oh totally and then and and you just get you you forgot how good it is you know like i and we we might be haters on this podcast quite a bit coming to america too and all those things um but we we are haters because the mcu has been so good to us over the past 10 years 23 right. stellar movies now with tv and then we're getting loki after that chris don't forget that and the oh, black right. widow don't forget that we're getting that this year. So it might be a light Marvel year, but we're getting a ton of content that's going to be like exceptional. And I think Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be a little more straight narrative. It's not going to be like a whodunit. I think it's going to be an action flick. It's going to be like a war action flick. So I, I can't wait for more kind of regular MCU stuff to kind of like chill everyone out. Like, And then I think the more, quote, regular stuff, you know, action-packed sci-fi that we get from Marvel – it'll make you appreciate WandaVision even more, how different it was and how every incarnation of a Marvel comic isn't going to be that way. Mm. We might go off into different little segues here and there, but nothing that's going to be like like that at all. 
it's great right. stuff. We'll see, man. Good stuff, yeah, man. Dude. Good stuff. Uh, for my final piece, uh, really quickly, don't want to get too much into this. I just have a question for you, Ben. So mm. uh, this year was announced that um, the WWE will be resuming WrestleMania um, in Tampa, Florida. It'll be a two-night event coming up in April. Um, and they're going to allow the entire stadium to be chock full of people. So they want 45,000 people at least. Um, present When's this? When's this? In, uh, in like three weeks. Oh, cool. Um, and um, in Florida, nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so there'll be over a Sunday and Monday period, there'll be 90,000 people total in a cl- an enclosed or an open air stadium, but still close together, yeah. uh, watching a wrestling event in a state that honestly could care less if you're wearing a mask or not. So I just oh, want to really think quick- they, I, I, I don't think they've, uh, I think they've lifted that mask. Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. basically told you that they don't want you to wear a mask. Um, yeah. So I just want to, you know, Ben, are we all going to die because of this? Like, Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. You okay. thought you were in the clear. You're wrong. You're, yeah. you're so wrong. Chris. All right. You know what? I've had, uh, I got the vaccine myself, right? Yep. Um, but I'm still wicked careful. We're all wicked careful at work. We all have the vaccine at work, but wicked careful masks, socially distancing. We don't have a lot of people in the building, yada, 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 right? We're still being responsible. And over the weekend, right? I'll put this out there. We went to the mall for the first time in a long time, <laughs> like in a wicked long time. Went to the mall. And now let me tell you, Chris, malls up here aren't like malls in Connecticut, right? It's not like we're going to West Farms, right? <laughs> it's definitely, uh, I'm going to say like one sixteenth of the people and way bigger. You know what I mean? Like, so more spread out. But let me tell you what I saw, Chris, up here in upstate New York. Very proud of these central New Yorkers all wearing masks, all wearing oh, masks, yeah. all being respectful. All being like, oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Pardon me. Stepping out of the way and all that stuff. I guarantee, Chris, and you know how you're talking about road tripping across some Trumpy states here and there? I guarantee you're going to get weird looks when you are wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that shit happens. I guarantee you walk into a store and you'll get something like, hey, buddy, take the mask off or you got to get out. I, I guarantee you get that everywhere. Yeah. So this world is upside down and crazy all over it's wild at heart and uh yeah chris i don't know dude Uh, wicked sketchy i i can't imagine you know you have like these nfl players these nba players mlb players saying like nah i'm gonna sit out last season rightfully so and i can't believe there hasn't been more professional wrestlers that have said that right yeah yeah i don't get it either but either way i i don't i don't like it i don't think i don't think it's a, a great idea and i'm a huge wrestling fan and uh yeah. No, no, no. Never mind. Yeah. Either I mean, way. It, if a sport like UFC, which just 20 something years ago was, uh, as John McCain put it, human cockfighting, <laughs> people were right. like kneeing each other in the head as they're down and stuff. If that sport could figure it out and create fight Island and the testing regiment and like uh, Dana White has been so, uh, I think in the grand scheme, David Silver from the NBA, right? And Dana White have been the two commissioners that have done this right, this whole thing. And um, I don't know, man. I, I just think that it's such a weird, slippery slope where, like, you want to play as an athlete, but you don't want to be an asshole kind of thing. Yeah. And you and you got to make money. And I, I don't know. The whole thing is so scary and weird. And especially in sports, there's definitely a pressure to play. 
and and mm-hmm. and not be a baby and man up and just do it. Like I've been watching hockey and hockey has one leg up on everyone because they're all wearing masks anyway. <laughs> they have like face shields on. So they're cool, but I don't know, dude. It's so 90,000 people crammed into a stadium, no masks whatsoever. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, what do you got for yeah. YouTube in this week? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let me pull up my liked videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> dang it. Okay. We got a couple things right here. Um, a lot of music, Chris. You know, we were talking about like um, just deep diving on music. Um, so uh, Kamasi Washington, my guy, he um, did the um, soundtrack to, I think it's called Becoming, which is the uh, Michelle Obama uh, documentary. Or Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he did the music for that. And so he performs that live in L.A. with his band. Uh, amazing music. Just great stuff. Uh, 46 minutes for free right on YouTube from L.A. Phil. Uh, then also... Um, we've just been listening to a ton of music on here. Let's, oh, um, no time, uh, by Ringo Starr and Burton Cummings from the, uh, from the guess who great performance from like the nineties. Really awesome. And then, you know, Chris, we were talking about how I was talking about the, uh, the 500 podcast. You got to check that out. They do the Beach Boys album. They do one of the Beach Boys albums, and one of the songs comes up, and the guy that hosts the podcast says, you know what this song reminds me of? It reminds me of Mouthful of Sores from Mr. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd love that reference, so I just said like Mouthful of Sores by Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> but finally, um, so watch Mojo, Chris. You watch, watch Mojo videos, yes, the listing yep. videos? Yeah, yeah. They're all good. You know, and, and like I've said before, I'm such a sucker for listing videos on YouTube. I'll watch anything. I don't care. It's like... Uh, top five worst dog poops on a sidewalk. I'd be like, oh, I gotta see number one. Like they just got me. Um, this one, Chris, just came out like yesterday. It's called the top twenty-one worst movies of each year, two thousand to two thousand twenty. Ooh, okay. It's so it's the most recent years. Have you seen? And you'll be surprised how many of these bad movies you've seen. And right on the the video screen. It has 2003. It has uh, Tommy Wiseau from The Room just uh-huh. saying, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. And then uh, 2017, the Emoji movie, which I missed that one, and I'm okay with missing that one, and that's supposed to be pretty bad. So that's my picks from YouTube, and bro. What do you got? What do you got? So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit – maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. Um, uh, we'll see. But I'm, I'm going to make a declaration. I think uh, when it comes to, like, talk show guests – Mm. Um, and who is like a great guest to have? Like you want to get this person because you know they're going to give you the goods uh, every single time. I think we have a new championship I mean, belt holder. Oh, oh, best best talk show guest. All right. Well, in the past, like way back, I would have said like just judging from like YouTube videos that I've seen, like Don Rickles was probably like <laughs> you had to have Don Rickles on your show. Don Rickles, because- uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Roddy Dangerfield. Roddy came with material. Like, as you got older, like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Bill Murray. You had oh. to have Bill Murray on the show. Recently, like, a, you know, getting a Bill Burr. Like, Bill you know, Burr is, the is class. How about, uh, I'm going to go with Conan O'Brien, like, late 90s. You go Will Ferrell. You go Ferrell. Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald oh. and Conan O'Brien. Oh, Those clips are out of control. Out of control. Yeah. So, but I do think right now, 
Like yeah. this is very moment. The person that you have to have on your show is Bill Hader. Um, <laughs> I started watching. I just watched one video uh, of him on Jimmy Kimmel, and then I just went down this wormhole of watching like a lot of his talk show appearances. He is phenomenal in a talk show because, first of all, he's an impressionist. So like. Yeah if he's got nothing else to really promote or talk about, like you could just be like, Hey, what's the most obscure impression that you do? And then you could have fun that way. But this guy tells some phenomenal stories because a lot of people don't know this. Like, you know, beyond his SNL days, like he came up by working as a production assistant. Wait, wasn't he, wasn't he working for playboy after dark or something? (laughs) Yep. He was doing, Ah! like he worked and he'll tell stories. Like he, he's worked on some like terrible, like he was a PA on the surreal life. Um, no, he was. I didn't know that. Yeah, like which he was season? His, which season? With, the one with Corey Feldman. No. Um, and like he talks about like <laughs> he he says like the day I found out that that um, reality TV was fake was the most devastating thing for me because it was with Corey Feldman and apparently like Corey Feldman was crying about like something about like something that was happening and then like because you're, you're looking at the raw footage you hear this voice off this off the camera saying uh cory can you just mention that it's going to be on tuesday uh the 24th and cory's like okay oh and this is going to happen next week on tuesday the 24th <laughs> like it's such a good story <laughs> on that end but like he was a pa on all these movies like he, he was a pa on um the 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 uh, J- uh james franco um a movie that he did where he played James Dean and stuff like that. So like, oh, wow. he just he has all these great stories and he tells us one about like prop knife play. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I want you to watch yeah. it, but it's, who's it with? Uh, Kimmel when he's on Kimmel. Okay. All right. All right. Um, just amazing stories. So if you get a chance and if you just like watching like good talk show appearances, like late night talk show appearances, just look up Bill Hader talk show on YouTube and it's a treasure trove. So there you go. Oh, I love and and then Chris, have you watched the uh, when people deep fake his impressions on? Oh, on, it's phenomenal! Uh, oh my god, when he does like Pacino and stuff, and it's just so ridiculous and so crazy. His voice is just on; it's great. I think he does like he does a uh, he does like a, a Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise, yeah, Tom Cruise, yeah, and they deep fake his face. It's so crazy what they can do. Unbelievable. So, yeah, um, check that out, folks. Go ahead. Uh, oh, and speaking of Bill Hader, I want to just really quick, I hate to one-up you, but... Um, Please. So, <laughs> the Californians, the sketch, um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this version. I've never seen this version. It's the sketch, Stuart has cancer, but it's the dress rehearsal. Oh, I've seen it, yeah. The dress yeah. rehearsal version. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much better than the real version because they're just they're breaking so hard. And I just love how Hater and like Fred Armisen can just always get each other. Well, and he was I, on. Go ahead. Yeah, I, they say, just get me every time. I'm sorry. Did you, did, I was going to say, do you hear the story about what happened there and why he broke so much? Wait, during the dress rehearsal? Yeah. So no. he was on. Bill Hader was on Conan's podcast, and they were just talking about like how, like you know, ridiculous skets and and like relationships he has with like actors, and they were talking about him and Fred Armisen, and apparently like through the regular rehearsal uh, when Fred Armisen says like, Stuart, what are you doing here? He'd been saying it like in a certain way for the, all of the rehearsals, like from the table read to the rehearsals. And then finally at the dress rehearsal, that's when he goes, yeah, what are you doing here? And he just, <laughs> and 
that's what that's what killed Hater and actually Christian Wig too because that, after they cut they're like what the what the f was that like you you, you wouldn't do that at all during like the rehearsals and so like Fred Armisen did it in the dress rehearsal and he did it live and that's why you see the two of them break that much at that particular moment so there you oh, go oh, 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 I gotta rewatch it now you gotta rewatch it now it's Look, forget them in a sketch I don't think there's anything funnier I really. <sighs> Oh my god! I've been going back and watching those years because Hulu has those years. You can watch any episode. And I, wh- what are we talking? We're talking like wh- what are you talking about here? What are you talking about? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just went into a little monologue. Uh, so, we talking about some 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 girl you're trying to screw? What are you talking about mm-hmm. here? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, 2008 to two? No, probably earlier, right? 2007 to 2013. Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, Kristen Wiig. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been going those years. I've been doing those, like all the uh, the Lawrence Welk sketches. <laughs> all those things are great. So, yeah, dude, just a great, great cast in those years. Good stuff. Nice, nice, yeah, nice. Good stuff. Well, folks, that's going to wrap us up this week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment. Uh, you can find this podcast, all of our podcasts, on the Onstage Blog Network onstageblog.com by searching podcasts right up the right hand uh, corner there so give us a listen we're also on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and anywhere you basically absorb uh podcasts so give us a like a subscribe a listen um all that fun stuff because it helps our algorithms but ben my man thank you so much thank you dude good stuff man i missed you buddy I missed me you. too me too and we'll see you folks right here next week on desperately seeking entertainment